0: Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Mike. And uh, and, uh, I just finished watching Tom Brady win the seventh Super Bowl. What a crazy thing. What a crazy Um, thing. So what about this halftime show? Are you like... Weekend yeah I mean he did he did what he was supposed to do you, get, you know big entertainment is just you know it's not meant to be revolutionary it's just meant to entertain i mean i I don't get beyonce either, so don't ask me about the big the big spectacular shows but, but did you
1: catch the uh the uh, uh the homage to Susie and the banshees
0: yeah the happy house yeah. Yeah, yeah, Susie that's and the good. Banshees makes it to the Super Bowl halftime show. Finally, but um, but we were gonna get together and just talk about what's really going on in America, and it's hard when we're you know we're talking with the three of us are joking around, and something that's not funny is this this lockdown and what its effects on children, and effects on young people, its effects on depressed people, its effect on people suffer from addiction that's not being factored into all this politically correct lockdown stuff and and if you question lockdown all of a sudden you're a trumper and that's that's just got to end you know i have two children that haven't gone to school for a fucking year you have three kids that haven't gone to school for a year a year And this whole thing of the teachers saying they need to be vaccinated, that's not what I said. I ran groups. That's not what everybody that works at Allo Treatment Center said. We did our job. And so did the people at the supermarkets. And so did the people at the gas stations. And so did the people that clean the bathrooms at the hospitals. And so did the nurses and doctors. But all of a sudden, teachers can't do their jobs. And Mm. I'm a liberal. Fuck them. I don't understand it.
1: I don't either. Why can you go to McDonald's and get and get fast food that's terrible for you, except you can't go to school? <laughs> no?
0: I I've never gotten that. I, I mean, I, I agree had, with you completely. I had a Taco Bell bean burrito. So what I did, Mike, I said, yeah. fuck it. I'm starting my own school. And it opens March 1st. And I'm so excited. And Sydney's going to go to school, to uh, kindergarten. And it's with eight like-minded parents it's the whole guest house is now a school we got all the furniture from the preschool that sydney went to that was closed and then demolished by claremont the claremont colleges Mm -hmm. um yeah so i I mean this thing it just irks me the teachers unions have too much power in this country that it's just it's it's infuriating our children well, need to go to school, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's just that the teachers unions get money, donate money to the Democratic Party. And so now if you're a Democrat, you can't say teachers need to go back to work. Well, I can. Teachers need to go back to fucking work. Did you see Biden on before the um,
1: Super Bowl? No. What did he say? He said that very same thing. He said, I think that they should go back with um with a lot of safety precautions but they should go back to work I-
0: yeah well i mean we'll see what the teachers unions say but it's just like uh it's just crazy to me everything going on it's just got to stop everybody's got to stop and say what makes sense okay children are being really neglected like in, in and areas who's 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 feeding these children? Who's taking care of them? Who's nurturing them? The schools do that for like 50% of the population. And then, yeah. on, the, and then on the other hand, th- the kids that are privileged are, are just sitting glued to screens. Another interesting thing from the teachers unions is that screens are bad and you should limit screen time. I've been told that about Elvis since he was three years old. By every teacher he's ever had. All of a yeah. sudden, they say, no, be on a screen all day long. It's insane that nobody calls these people on their bullshit. Oh, great. Uh, Elvis's school is calling me, the superintendent, to leave another two minute voice message to act like he's doing his fucking job. I hate this every night. Do they call you, Mike? Every night, LA Unified calls and leaves some dumbass message. It's a recording. Like yeah, it's a recording. Like they're doing recording. their fucking job. I don't know. You know, clean the schools, space out the space out the the desks, put plastic dividers in between the the aisles. Figure it out, yeah, and figure it out. That's what you can do, Mr. Superintendent. Instead of send these arrogant kind of okay, okay, <laughs> fake caring. Have you listened to it, Mike? I wish no, we I could just play it. I, just I, it. I, just I, just I wish we could up play up it on. right now. This is Superintendent Ricardo or whatever his name is. And I just want to tell you that Monday, we're looking for the food drives, and they're always acting like they're doing us a favor. <laughs> like, you're, you're, like, fuck you. You have a budget that's bigger than most third world countries for a fucking school mm-hmm. district that doesn't work. It didn't yeah. work before COVID, let alone this. Right. You know, when Elijah was going to LA Unified School District, do you know that, the, that the, uh, the graduation rate of LA Unified School District, meaning how much percentage of children graduated from high school that went to LA Unified School District was 58%? That meant 42% of the students didn't graduate high school. Well, but I'm just so I'm just done with it. I don't know what's gonna come of our school. It's called the um it's called uh what is it called? The little uh little happy schoolhouse, right? And and we start March first and it's gonna be fun. And if it works, it might lead to just, you know, having a school. I mean, how yeah. hard can it be really? And now you know, you want to get into the, the charter school thing. I'm hoping that we can get, you know, kids from all different walks of life. I'm hoping that we can figure something out. Right. Yeah. Um, you have to go out into your community and make it happen, but this is ridiculous. My kids are not going to sit at home for another year. They're not no way. It's unfair. To yeah, them. maybe
1: private schools or something, you know, can can fix this problem or something. I mean, maybe public schools are just not the way to go anymore, you know,
0: or maybe just you, start your you own school
1: use like, your savings to take to send your kids to private schools to get them an education.
0: No, but this is not that expensive. This is costing each parent like eight hundred dollars a month. It's not that much. Right. As opposed to as you'd opposed consider, to you'd, you'd
1: consider it private.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it's not open enrollment, but there's only, you know, it's only two rooms. Like, how how much can you do? But it's just the idea of doing something in the face of these people who do nothing. And I'll just say it, and I am not a conservative in any way. I don't think this is the capitalism or this is the way we're supposed to live, but this is the system I was born into. And this is where, what is happening. And this is the thing that everybody agrees we're living within. So I just accept it and try to do the best I can, but I don't want to get off topic. Like there's so many things that, and once again, I'll say it again, in my real life, I was at the beach today with my kids playing. It was fun and whatever. And we just, you know, we—I just live my life, but I do pay attention. And everywhere I look is just idiocracy and stupidity and prejudice and ridiculousness. And then the one kind of place where I do feel like I—I I should have a say is about addiction and mental health. And and you know, you had wanted to talk about suicide and whatever. A guy, a guy had had sent me an email that said that the podcast we did about suicide really helped him and helped him see his depression in a different way and helped him see his suicide ideation in a different way and that it really helped him and that he thanked me and, and he thinks that more people need to get this kind of plain truth about it people with people with depression and people with that think about killing themselves it's not going to go away with therapy it's not going to go away it's not going to go away with medicine obviously it's not going to go away no, with and medicine gets, and therapy it it's gets gonna, worse
1: with the isolation too it's just yeah. it,
0: you know that just compounds it so much well it's making people more angry too i feel myself getting really frustrated i like right. it, it just it's crazy Um, right. And so, but this guy in his letter, he said, you know, it helped me so much to, to just accept that I am a depressive person. I suffer from depression. I once in a while think very seriously about killing myself. He said, no one in his 25 years of going to psychiatrists and psychologists ever told him that until he heard our podcast. And I'm saying you just need to hang on. I hang on. I hang on. My f- friends that have this tell me all the time, they hang on. I hang on one day at a you time. You hang man. on. You had a one you had one rough couple of days, Mike, where you called me. I did. Everybody, everybody who has it shouldn't be ashamed of it. And everybody who has it should stop thinking the medical profession, the psychiatric community is gonna solve their problem for them. They're fucking not. They're just gonna try to figure out how to bill for it. That's the truth yeah. of it. You know, so much of mental health and addiction is about the billing and who's going to pay and what they're going to pay and what the rate is and half of Medicare and blah, 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 blah. And and instead of really giving true help. And the the honest truth is they don't want to tell you the truth because it might be too devastating for you to hear that you're probably going to, you know, you're going to probably might get a little better with it. You'll gain, you'll certainly gain more insight about it. But once you have a, a tendency and a cycle towards depression and suicide, uh, you're probably going to have it. And so you should, as soon as I realized this about 20 years ago or 17 years ago, I realized this is probably what I'm going to die from. I know the things that I'm probably going to die of, that it's more likely that I die of. And most people don't. Most people don't know what they're going to die of. So they live in fear well, of cancer or heart disease or, or, or car accidents. All the anxiety is like worried about danger or, or you know, violence or whatever. I know that it's probably going to be either I'm going to go back to using and die of a drug overdose or I'm going to kill myself. Right. That's the truth of it. To know the things that you could treat, that you could keep in remission, that you could do something about not dying. If we just get the right medicine, then you won't want to kill yourself and then the problem will be solved. It's just like the
1: alcoholism where it's an acceptance of the disease and it's a dealing with then the process of overcoming the disease and putting it under arrest and living with it. Living with it. You know, happy, joyous, and free life, knowing that, you know, hey, you are susceptible to depression and, and suicidal thoughts.
0: I think Bill Wilson suffered from depression, and I bet thinking about killing himself, though there, I don't know that for a fact. I do know he had depression. Um, and many of our friends who have turned their lives around with AA are like that. We're people that were always thinking about, you know, threatening to kill themselves or saying they wanted to die. And now I see them thriving in AA. What does AA do? It it, it forces you to talk about things. You're around exactly. people. Right? That's another thing. Oh. There hasn't been much AA in a year. How good yeah. can that be for so many people? I mean, it's good for me, but
1: <laughs> and, and and that component of of being around people and not, you know, not hiding in loneliness and not hiding in isolation. It's,
0: it's a great help yeah i just i just really think that aa they found something 100 years ago or 80, ni- 80 90 years ago and even further back than that which was first religion and then the secular version of it which is aa it's people you're around people people who are depressed people who think about killing themselves people that, that suffer from alcoholism and personality problems need to be around people so they can talk and share and exchange and be influenced by and influence. It's a magical thing, people. And that's why I get so angry about this shutdown. It's not considering how much people need people. There's no, no telling what destruction is going to come from all this. There's no telling yeah this now does should everyone wear masks and and keep a safe distance when they're out and about yeah but i don't live in fear of being around my friends i don't i figure my friends are being careful and smart and 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 i i just i don't know i i just think that we went down a road here and i don't know how we get out of it there's an article in vanity fair i believe about a guy who had COVID-19 for five months and then eventually died from it. It mutated 20 different mutations inside one human being. And this thing is not going away. But what we got to do is get people to stop dying from it. And how they stop dying from it is the combinations of these vaccines, right? Once your immune system is aware of the of the original COVID virus, um, you're kind of you kind of become become immune to that, but these variations, these mutations, you don't. You're not.
1: If you have a, a vaccine, and then you need an update on the vaccine, just like some computer program. Or yeah, and they'll have
0: a booster. I'm getting you have my, a booster
1: for that, and you have a booster. I'll take as many boosters as I can. You know, I'm getting my second shot
0: on Wednesday. Then it's going to be rough going, I imagine, for next week. Then it's like another week or two after that. And you have as full an immunity as you're going to get. But if it doesn't work on the South African strain, which it looks like it doesn't, um, it sinks from 95% success or efficacy to 72%. If it doesn't work, they'll give a booster on top of that, or you'll get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine on top of that. Like, and then just understand there's like 25% or or something of the population who says it's never going to get vaccinated. So how can we have a shutdown until we have herd immunity? If 25% of the population says they're never going to get a vaccine. Kids have to go back to school before that, by the way, I asked Elvis, what do you think? And he said, it'd be cool to go back to school for the last month and then just graduate from the classes we're in and then go back and in august in the fall i said yeah that's a cool solution so they go back in for may and then and then you know for a month so that they can graduate and be back connected to each other then have a six week or whatever it is eight week break and then start school in the fall and it's not that i don't love teachers i do love teachers i have a lot of friends that are teachers it's the teachers union there's a difference what would America have done, Mike, if nurses said, you know what? It's too dangerous to work. We might get, we might catch coronavirus." What if the nurses said that, what would America have done? Cause right. the nurses union is pretty strong, but they yeah. did their job for the betterment of our community and of our, our state and of our country. And, and I'm talking about, you know, my ex-wife is a nurse and I, I always went over there and, Uh, when we'd have the handoffs and I'd wear my mask and she didn't get out of the car and we just waved to each other. We we didn't even talk about it, Mike. We're just smart people that know how to keep each other safe. But I don't have faith in half the population being like that. So I'm keeping myself safe. And this whole altruistic, oh, so that I can keep somebody else safe. No, I'm helping the people I love uh, uh, and reminding them that they have to wear masks. They have to socially distance. They shouldn't go to Las Vegas. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that until we can get them vaccinated. That's all. That's all I ever said this whole year to my uh, uh, older friends of mine. Like, just wait. Just wait. You know, it's only going to be like a year. It's only going to be a year and then you get vaccinated. Um, and, and that's what happened. My father-in-law was vaccinated last week. He gets his second shot on March 6th. He's the most at risk person in my, in my intimate little pod. And we've all been take, you know, careful towards him and helping remind him. Right. But, but the idea that, that, you know, I need every American to you know, do what, shut down the entire country and not go to work and not, not have children go to school and not go to to out to eat and stuff like that. Just so that, that, I could be safe. I don't want that. I can keep myself safe. But anyways, I do think it's <laughs> causing. Su- I do think it's causing suicide rates to skyrocket. I do think it's 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 causing addiction rates to go through the roof. Um, I know people I never expected to use again have used again that I never expected to use again. Someone very close to me that I never, when I heard it my jaw dropped. Oh my God. Right. And, and as we know, Hal, our buddy, we don't know whether he did it on purpose or just died by accident, but I, I really didn't expect Hal to die. He had lived so long, like, you know, 62 years old. He's been a drug addict since he was 13. There's just something very hopeless and helpless and disoriented, uh, orienting about this. And one of the things I do think is, if you're alone, I mean, I've talked with friends of mine that don't have any children, that don't have spouses, and that live alone. I mean, they're going nuts, nuts. Imagine, imagine, you know, all the loneliness and all the sadness and all the desperation that this this kind of blanket you know, we're, we're the kind of attitude towards everything, whether it's from the idiots who won't wear masks or the people who say we can't do anything until it's all gone away. Like, you know, it gets a little too congested. I, w- I was in Oxnard or uh, Ventura with Sydney, and we went to get nicotine gum and some things I needed at Target. Right, and and you know, kids that work at Target and often. You know, they're not the brightest in the world. So they had all the cash registers that are open right next to each other. You know how they have Target has two sets of cash registers, sure. the front ones and the back ones? Yep. And then they have like 10 of them across, right? <laughs> Whoever was the manager of this store decided that, that uh, the four front ones would be open and two of the back ones would be open. So it was like six registers all together and all the other eight were dead. <laughs> right. And I, and, and then the people were really slow. they like this kid was all talkative, who was ringing up my stuff. And then these other people hadn't packed their stuff to leave. And then the person was crowding me from behind. And there's a person right on the other side of the cash register guy, like literally, uh, you know, how close the cash register are to get a, a foot away from him. And then there's this other people to the right packing their shit like five feet from me. And I just said, this is a super spreader event right now. Who is in <laughs> charge of this fucking store? I did. I yelled it out. And Sid was like, what? What do you think, daddy? She was laughing like she thought I was being funny. I was like, this is ridiculous. People, you need to move on. Or you need to back up. Like, look at all of us. There's like 35 of us right here within 10 feet of each other and they you know the, you know if you act like that in a target you know what happens or yeah. pe- people come waddling over to you like what what is your problem sir? That's like the, the, who who scheduled these registers to be all open right next to each other? You have those way over there. Why are those not open? Why is he, why are you not socially Yeah,
1: somebody's supposed to be there making sure everybody acts like a human being, which is kind of weird. You got to have like a monitor, you know, so people don't crowd. Well, if but also
0: you don't you don't put all the cash registers you know yeah that seems kind of stupid yeah that was the manager of the store the woman that came over to me i was like you know you can space this out and certainly don't need right next to the to the to the self-checkout to open the registers right next to it why would you do this and i showed her like there's like 10 people there there's like people here there's people right there what like this is ridiculous and, and I'm sure she didn't like me. And I seem like the crazy person. And maybe some of the people around there were like, oh, we saw this crazy guy with a hat. And he was yelling at the <laughs> Target. But it was just like, somebody needs to remind them why we're living like this is so we all stay spread apart when we're at Target. Are they so fucking stupid they don't know that? <sighs> right? No, I'm telling you the truth. I know. I'm just thinking
1: about if somebody recognized you with the hat.
0: It's the guy with the hat. <laughs> Look at him. that dad for Doctor Doom. He's going crazy <laughs> in the it's Target. Crazy, man. So check him out. So, but what I do when I, whenever I shop, like I was at Bonds last night. I always go late at night. I go right before they close. I go online. I check when does Vaughn's Point Doom close. 10 p.m. I went at 9 p.m. There's hardly anybody there. And when there is somebody, even on an aisle, when I turn to go down an aisle, if there's somebody on it, I just back up and go to the next aisle and then loop back to go to that aisle. Mm -hmm. I don't ever even cross next to another person. It's easy to do. Yeah, It's fucking easy to do.
1: And I see people doing it along with me, the same as me. I see people avoiding other people and going around and taking the long way and being courteous. I see a lot of people doing that, but then I see other people who just don't give a flying shit.
0: Well, I mean, let's face it, Mike. And I, I said this to – to uh, who did I telling it to? I, I said it to a bunch of people over the weekend because I'm really upset about the school's. I think it's the most ridiculous thing ever. The CDC says schools are safer than supermarkets. Their teachers have no right to not work, period. Anyway, so I said it like I was thinking, what if COVID didn't hit in 2020, Mike, but hit in 1984 when you and I were, you were 25, I was 23. Uh, would we we have adhered to any of this (laughs) no No. (laughs) we would not have no and so thus we cannot be mad at people who don't want to adhere to it or 22 and partying down in florida at first i was mad about them
1: i say let them them party whatever just let them herd in their own little herd i don't really it doesn't bother me that i can't go to a spring break crowd fest or some kind of other thing. That yeah. Pe- Crowded and uh, sweaty. I was older, and all, I was older all close. people I wouldn't and do us do people
0: it. at higher risk
1: can't do shit like that. That's all. That's yeah. all. And then, but, and, but I guess the theory is that they get it and then they take it home and then they spread it to the older people. Yes, and, but know, it's the
0: older people's funny. responsibility to stay away from them.
1: Yeah. If Why is got that a,
0: never a factor?
1: Yeah, if you, have a, if you have a teenager that's out and partying or a young person that shouldn't be living in your home because they're 29 anyways, you should just stay the fuck away from them.
0: Yeah, you should stay away from them. Like, like, and that's where economic injustice in America happens, because a lot of times people have no choice but to be living in very close quarters. And that's a tragedy. And, but that was a tragedy that existed long before this. Right. Right? And the tragedy of of diet and access to fresh foods and access to food information and food, you know, food in America is a real problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Poverty in America is a real problem. Race and racism in America is a real problem. But covid, you know, I don't know. I think it's like I heard Fauci say one time, this is all, all this death and all this kind of spread of the disease is, is, um, is, is something that we could, we could be avoiding. It's preventable if everybody just wore a mask and socially distance, but they won't. So then what do you do? You have to leave it on the people that are at the most vulnerable, the most high risk. Right? Yeah. And so I, I just don't know. I don't know where this is going, but I know I'm going to have a school and so it's going to, you know, be, uh, be not wearing a mask and having a classroom with her eight or seven classmates. And the teachers are going to wear masks and the teachers are going to socially, you know, try to socially distance. We're going to wash hands. We're going to take temperatures. We're going to do it. Yes, I, I'm going to do a guy. Listen to me. Former junkie, right? Barely graduated from high school. Uh, Idiot like me can figure out how to have eight kids safely get their do kindergarten, right? Pre K and kindergarten. But the geniuses who graduated from Stanford with master's degrees in education and Vanderbilt and you know USC and all the great teachers and all the supervisors that just called with his phone thing, uh, phone message of the week for all us parents to make sure that he, we all think he's doing his job. All these great, great academic, uh, great educated academics can't figure out how to get uh, some kids in classrooms and and teach them and yeah. make them feel connected.
1: I don't see where they think it's so unimportant, like this is actually working, that this Zoom classroom crap is working. I mean, my... Kid, if I'm not watching them, they just lay in the bed on the phone with the thing and the not even using the video part, just listening to the class half asleep sometimes.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, it's not meant to educate anybody. It's meant to keep teachers employed. That's what it's meant to do. It's not, to, it's not That's my opinion. And I dare to say by them not going back to school and serving their, the children shows that I might be right. Isn't everybody important? Just teachers are just a little more important than firemen or police officers or nurses or doctors. They're just a little more important. Yeah, it's not right. LA Unified School District needs to open up schools, yeah. but they won't need to open it up for my kid because she's going to have her own experience. So what but do you anyways, have to
1: do to set that up? What are you What are you doing to set that up over in your guest house in the old? Well, uh, in the old well, the uh, teachers that forest were, house studio
0: the, the teachers that were teaching don't have a job anymore so i asked them like hey what if we what if we did i asked the one teacher i said what do you think if we just did school in the, in the guest house at my prop, at my house and she said oh that would that would be interesting this is about six months ago and then about two months ago I really pushed it. Like she she came by for, oh, wait, it was more than, so the first time I talked to her was at Sydney's birthday. That was on August 14th. That's when I first said it. Hey, what if we turn that guest house into a school? And she said, oh, that'd be interesting. And I believe at that time she was probably still being paid by the old school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) You know, because everybody got paid there for a while, didn't they, without having to work or something? And then about two months ago, uh, we started talking again, and I said, "I'm serious about the school thing because I don't think LA Unified's going to reopen. I don't think they are. I think the teachers' unions have too much power." And and then that began this whole conversation, and she's just gone with like gangbusters and gotten another teacher and got a curriculum and got everything. And then we had to look up the state requirements. Do you know the state requirements for kindergarten? Hey, do you know you don't have to go to kindergarten, Mike? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. You, you knew that? Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. How did you know that?
1: Well, I mean, you do it to get the kids prepared for first grade, you know, just like right. mine went, so, mine so went to here- preschool and kindergarten.
0: So you want to get them in as soon as you possibly can. But here's the thing. When you go to enroll them at first grade, they can say, oh, no, we need her to do kindergarten. And I, by having an official registered kindergarten curriculum, right, it has to be um, 20 hours a week. It has to be four hours a day, five days a week. So it has to be 20 hours a week. And and then you have this this validated by a licensed teacher say yes this this child completed kindergarten and and twenty twenty one right and can now color and spell their name. yeah I mean it's just so ridiculous but they can say no she can't she has to do kindergarten if they didn't do it because I don't know why it's like why we accept. The rules of our society, the bureaucracy of our society—I have no idea why. It used to be like my dad in the old days. You could say when your kids started uh, uh, school if you want if you wanted them in first grade or kindergarten. Did you know that? You used to be able to say so if your kid was small and frail or young or whatever, you would say, "Oh yeah, we want to start her or him in kindergarten." Or you could, like, with me, they're like, No, he needs to be in first grade and get his ass kicked by other kids. He's an arrogant little prick. They didn't say it that literally, but that's what they did. (laughs) They said, Bobby needs to start in first grade. (laughs) Are you sure (laughs) that isn't true that? I was only only like five years old and I started first grade. Yeah, yeah, no, he needs to be in first grade. So it was left to the, 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 you know, I'm sure the school had to agree to it, but the parents had a say. Now the parents have no say. November 1st. If they're born before November 1st, if they're five years old before November 1st, they get to, or uh, whatever. Yeah, they they start kindergarten if they, if the, whatever it is, because Elvis is, is on the cusp and they made him be the oldest in his class. Right. Right? Right. And, um, well, oh, LA Unified, I think it's September. F- yeah, it's, it's October 1st. And Elvis is born October 10th. So he is 11 months and 20 days older than every kid in this class. How mm-hmm. stupid is that? Just because they just chose October 1st. Hey, what about kids born October 10th that are really tall and big and kind of arrogant? Shouldn't they start a year earlier? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like Elvis is like, Elvis is literally in his class. He's in fourth grade now. He's literally five inches taller than kids in his class. Because he's already tall. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I'm not tall. But my um my mom and my mom's side of the family are really tall. And, you know, his mother's dad is really tall. Yeah. So Elvis got a really tall gene. Lucky. Well, Sam's
1: taller than you, too.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm shrinking are you shrinking i think you're I'm only shrinking.
1: i think you're only taller than like keith morris
0: <laughs> <laughs> same height as anthony and flea and a little taller than keith yeah it is you know chris rock has a funny joke that that takes some thinking so i watched tambourine you know his new special he has a new version of it he had a special last year called tambourine and now he has you should, everybody should watch it. It's like the outtakes of tambourine. And it's so funny. And he says this thing um, about being bullied and about being picked on and how it makes you tough and how it makes you want to succeed. And he goes, and can I just say, I'm like one. i I've never gotten a big check from somebody taller than me. Meaning the people paying him, like for movies or for concerts or for for, are always short people. Because <laughs> short yeah. people work harder. Short people, you know, got a chip on their shoulder, and they end yeah. up in positions of power. Like that's what he says. He says we need bullies, right? We need what? Bullies. Oh shit. <laughs> it is special. Bullies picked on him, and then that makes you motivated to have drive and determination. Yeah. And it also teaches you that life is not fair. But um, but I really I I just I think people are we're going to lose a lot of people to suicide. We already have almost thirty thousand, I think, in twenty twenty. I mean, talk about more people uh, died of suicide in twenty twenty than died of AIDS or gun violence. Think about that. Wow. Think about how much kind of attention is given to gun violence, and yet more people died of suicide.
1: Yeah, crazy. And and, and eighty thousand of drug overdoses, which drug is three times three times as many as uh, you know died of uh, COVID in California.
0: Yeah. That, well, that, you saw that thing in San Francisco. Yeah. Like five times as many people died of drug overdoses and died of COVID in San Francisco in the city of San Francisco. It's crazy. So, but that doesn't mean that people aren't dying of COVID and that's not a serious thing that we need to do everything we can to stay safe and keep everybody safe and get this vaccine out and get more vaccines out and get booster shots and keep fighting this thing until we all get, Used to it and used to the um, the uh, mutations and it subsides. See the the reason why you want to get seventy percent of the population uh, uh, vaccinated is so it will stop spreading. Because if it doesn't spread, then it can't mutate.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: right. And 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 it's just been so out of control for a year. You know because there was no no. Uh, vaccine for it. And there was no point of reference for it. And our immune systems had no understanding of it or ability to spot it because it was a new, you know, kind of uh, uh, a new, a new virus. And so now we're, now we have 30 million people have had it. And now we have, you know, hopefully, you know, 200 million people can get vaccinated. That doesn't mean it's going to go away you know, it, 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 have you ever thought that, I mean, I, I'm, you know, you
1: know me in conspiracy theory, but, um you know, it's man, that it's man-made, you know, and that the variants well, I think are man-made. And it's airborne, and it's airborne, so it could be easily released in, in environments and then spread.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it also... We just uh, well the way the friend of mine that's so smart that that dealt with Ebola I, the, the the Harvard doctor friend of mine he just said it's just been crazy that the 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 new uh, viruses that came along were so so uh, they weren't airborne right so AIDS is not airborne um, Ebola. There's all these kind of things that came okay. along. They were not as contagious and airborne as this one. He said it's just a luck. Mm. Was, he, and he said our luck ran out. The last time something like this happened was 1918. It's 2020. Hundred years. Hundred years.
1: I have a question for you. If it if if we were under attack like a biological attack, yeah, but it wasn't that, country, you gotta, Do
0: you think do you think our country would tell us? But it's worldwide, but it's not that. It started in seven... Everybody keeps saying it started in Wuhan. It didn't. It was already in other parts of the world. It was already in Brazil. So something about this has been coming around. And one of the things that the people that are super smart that I know say is this burning down of the rainforest and opening up all all the secrets of the rainforest and all the terrible like environmental... Destruction that's going on in China, and and this kind of taking animals out of their natural habitats to get boners and all this kind of crazy shit that's going on. Get okay, what? That, that there's certain animals that they that people believe give you hard-ons and virility. <laughs> what? And, it's and, like you don't know about this? Yeah. Like yeah. An shark, yeah. It? Certain sharks and certain. Rhinoceros t- t- tips and all these kind of <laughs> really? yeah. The, the Wuhan market was this trading spot of all these weird animals. There's a new documentary coming out that says there was like seven exposure rates pretty simultaneously across the globe. But I loved how you put that as get boners. That just, yeah, they were so, so, yeah so. they like these people are eh, people. Once again, it's like somebody heard like oh yeah if you take a rhinoceros and to you know and test it and and strip it down and and dry it and and then crush it up and snort it it gives you virility that's what some people think
1: virility <laughs> it's like it's, i think is the word you're looking for virility word. yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean so so what did we learned today i i just like our kids need to go to school people need to socially distance people need to wear a mask i'm going to be as vaccinated i'm going to be as immune to this virus as anybody can be up to this point scientifically by march 1st i'm still going to socially distance i'm still going to wear a mask out of courtesy out of out of social norms out of respect out of out of you know what about two what about two masks though yeah, I mean, they're saying you should wear two uh, masks now. yeah I know that's the more like yeah just wear a, wear a space outfit like Naomi yeah. Campbell I don't know if anybody Naomi Campbell was one of the first people to talk about coronavirus like in, in January she knew about it and she went on this plane you can look up pictures of her right now Mike look up pictures of Naomi Campbell getting on an airplane sometime in February I think where she's wearing a space outfit and, and she's kidding. saying this is the way you have to travel. I mean, she was smart she's a smart woman. She was wearing a total hazmat suit. Can you put that up? She's Now now a, that what? and now she says she's going to donate her hazmat suit to um charity. Oh good. Well, what yeah. month was that? Does it have a date on it? Uh like she was really early on wearing that shit. Yeah, I don't know. That was the smart, uh
1: smart one. Yeah, that was April 24th. April 24th, She's wearing a
0: hazmat, hazmat outfit. When when, and else,
1: people in Arizona weren't even wearing a <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> I went to Arizona in March of 2020, April or April. And in Arizona, no one was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask. No one else was, right? I went to this smoothie place, this health food store, and I ordered something and I was wearing a mask. And the girl behind the counter said, you don't have to wear a mask. And I said, no, I do. I do. I don't want to die. Okay. And she just looked all puzzled, this little smart-alecky Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> health food. Well, a lot of health food people don't believe in vaccines. They don't believe in science. <laughs> it's, ve- it's very similar. I mean, I, I don't want to get too down a rabbit hole, but it's very similar. Like, these people believe anything they read on the internet. I only believe things that come from the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the New York Times, Vanity Fair, I don't trust any of these media uh, kind of names that I've never heard of. Only things that have been around 100 years. I only trust things that have been around 100 years. Not <laughs> things that have been around for like three months. You know what I mean? <laughs> like media outlets <coughs> that started in 2019. I don't, I, so what's interesting is my friends who are uber, like health conscious, you know, kind of those types, like what I'm saying this girl was, I'm I'm stereotyping her. But a lot of my friends, they don't believe in vaccines. They believe in all organic foods and whatever. And they read this stuff on the internet, including when Gloria Scott was dying, my sponsor in AA and and great humanitarian. She's the one that helped thousands of people get sober and you knew her. When she was dying, this friend of mine, who's real hippy-dippy, said, hey, you know, my friend's dad went to China and or to bed or something and got this chinese herb that cures cancer and his dad was cured of cancer and so um i got some for you to give to gloria and i said okay and it was in a little like brown like you know bottle like about two inches tall And he gave it to me and he was like, you just, you just give her two drops of this in water three times a day, every day. And the cancer will be cured. So I told Gloria about it. I said, here, so-and-so gave me this. He says it cures cancer. And she goes, what the hell? And, uh, so then we, she did it a couple drops and did it. And, and, uh, you know, and the cancer kept getting worse. And after about three weeks, she was like, I don't think the drops are working. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say it, but she was willing to try like Steve McQueen going to Mexico or whatever. But I mean, I think it's just like somebody said that this worked and cured my dad's cancer. And this, this goes to a friend of mine is, has had MS since the late eighties. Right. And, um, and, uh, And I, at the time, was a hippie dippy too. This was like 15 years ago when I was living out in Joshua Tree. And I saw her, and a mutual friend of ours had just gotten diagnosed with MS. And I said, hey, you know, will you tell so-and-so the stuff that you do that's kept you so functional living with MS? And she said, "Um, like, what? And I said, well, all the herbs and whatever. And and she goes, oh, but... uh, yeah, I do all that stuff, but I'm not sure that's what keeps me so, so healthy. I mean, I've always been like that, but I go down and get uh, steroids and the most experimental drugs down at Eisenhower Medical Center once a week. Bob, I have for years, and I go, oh, and I, and that was the first time I realized, like, oh, wait a minute, you don't have to be one or the other. You could be both. You understand, Mike? Yeah. You could be a hippie and believe in all the herbs and all the drops and all that stuff. And you could believe in science and go for the newest, most modern scientific breakthroughs in treating MS. You could do actually both. You don't have to be an either or person. Anyways, I just think that, you know, I, I decided when all the misinformation started, before Trump misinformation started, I just, I'm, a, I'm only going to trust certain news sources because there was just too much news. There was too much shit on your phone. Like I didn't know if it was true or not. Some of it sounded just batshit crazy. And I just said, well, I, uh, you know, I have a subscription to the New York times. I have a subscription subscription to the LA times. I'm going to get the wall street journal online and I'm going to get the feeds of the New Yorker and, and of, of, uh, of, of, uh, Uh, vanity fair and that's it those are my five news sources and i figure i'll get most mostly the facts and the truth i do not believe what comes on my phone and thus in the last three weeks or month i've been reading about this the south african variant this uk variant this brazilian variant and i'm telling you this thing is not going to go away so we're going to have to learn to live with it, just like we learn to live with our depression, learn to live with our alcoholism, learn to live with, with gun violence, learn to live with and just be safe and be aware, right? After 9-11, yeah. for about two years, any I went to, especially after that Paris thing that uh, Eagles of Death Metal went through, after that situation, I was just like, anywhere I went, any concert, any basketball game, any baseball game, I just always was scanning around. Just look sure. around. Look where there's an exit. Look, you know, at Dodger Stadium, it's really hard because you're yeah, like, you know, that's a that's a good point. I mean, the world is not a safe place. It wasn't a safe place before. COVID. It was not a safe place before. <laughs> and here's like here's the other thing. All of a day. sudden. So let me tell you, there's these at Dodger Stadium, uh, a couple a couple of my friends had the best Dodger tickets in the world. And I'll get it's a couple from one and a couple from the other. So it looks like I go to maybe 10 games a year and you're down there trapped because you get down into the dugout area through this staircase that comes up. There's no other way out. You can't get to the main part of the stadium. You're in this isolated rich people's part of Dodger Stadium, right? And I, re- I was sitting there one day and I was scanning. I was like, there's really no way out of this, but back through the restaurant and back up those one set of stairs and then I realized, yes, there is. You can just jump over and go down in the dugout with the Dodgers. <laughs> and every time I'm at Dodgers Stadium, I think if there's a terrorist attack, I'm jumping. I'm going to take Sid and Elvis. I'm going to grab him, I'm going to say, Chrissy, run for it. And we're going to go like five steps down, jump over onto the baseball field and go down in the Dodgers dugout. I figure that's the safest fucking place to be.
1: Yeah. What are they going to do? Kick you out?
0: <laughs> yeah, they're going to be running for their lives. I'll be right behind them, going in the tunnel right out to the cars. Sure. But, uh, but I, I really think that people are forgetting how, you know, we, you and I lived through the AIDS epidemic. It was awful. Lost a lot of friends. I still shot drugs through the AIDS epidemic. I was very careful. I was very right. careful with my needle. I didn't let right. anybody touch it. I didn't let it touch anybody else's spoon. I didn't let any. You did too, Mike. You did too. Everybody well, was yeah, very I careful. carried
1: my I carried my uh, own works in my boots in a in a uh, old paper
0: bag wrapped up in the, my sock. Yeah, everywhere I well, went. I mean, it's not the most sanitary way to do it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm telling well, you, we shot. We didn't. The society didn't stop, and certainly, in, and I'm not saying. Yeah, I think that was the smart. whole society. But the whole the whole drug community didn't stop shooting drugs, right?
1: Yeah, I got your point.
0: You just were careful and people were careful about their partners and they used protection. that's that's what we need to do with this thing. We need to model it after the AIDS epidemic, not over political man- maneuvering and silo listening and like trying to outdo the other side and and everything has to stay stopped until we're all safe. Like snowflakes. Life is not safe. All Wrap right. up. Say goodbye. Well, I love you guys. I love you guys. I just want, I'm just trying to get people to think because I think the schools need to open it. And I'm not a Trumper and I'm not a nutcase conservative wacko Jesus freak. I'm a normal free thinking human being and the schools need to open. I love you, Bob. And I think
1: that uh, I know you well. And um, I think that you are Compassionate but rational. It Certain all kind of started
0: because Sydney started talking to herself. She fucking talks to herself because she doesn't see any other kids. And we say, "Are you talking to me?" She said, "No, talking to myself."
1: I was like, "Yeah, nah, it's okay. it's getting it's getting yeah. strange over here no, with my no. kids too." Yeah.
0: All all wrap right. up. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Allo Treatment Centers at eight eight eight. 595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake. Eight 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 five nine five zero two three five. 595 235 Tell them Bob told you to call.